Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello listeners and another warm welcome to another Foot Weekly podcast. I'm joined by Matt and Japes as we run down some tasty looking league SBCs where the shootings got harder and what angles to hit. Market, including Black Friday, foot misinvesting, etc. Post-patch passing concerns and how to get the most out of wide players. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and much more in this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. This week I'm joined by the returning Matt Foot Trading. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, Ben. It's uh, currently Super Sunday. Plenty of content to dive into. Yeah, this is this will be a super podcast, but I can't really say that Super Sunday has been particularly super. But we'll, yeah, I'm we'll, still waiting to see the super. We'll part get into that. I think we can make up for that. And we've also got Air Japes. Japes, how are we? I am just fantastic, Ben. Glad to be back on the pod. And a man close to your heart, getting one of these new special cards? Ah, uh, yes. Leon Bailey from uh, Leverkusen. I think he's at around 160k as one of the moments cards in the SBC. Mm. I won't be doing him, but uh, I like the idea of that type of content. So curious to see how uh, the rest of the moments cards unfold. Yeah, he looks all right. Like, I mean, he's a classic sniper candidate. 97 finishing with Sniper. I mean, his dribbling is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Composure's all right with Sniper at 84. Passing's a bit off. I feel like he's just basically uh, Nabry, but on the left-hand side, isn't he? He's not a bad option. Let's talk a bit about Black Friday in general, kind of what's gone on. We're going to talk about the patch in the second half and interesting players that we've used, formations we've used, which we're going to discuss as well. But let's start off, Matt, with Black Friday. What's been different this year? We've had Flash SBCs, which we had last year. You've been very much across this for Gfinity. What have we kind of seen that's been different to, the, to last year? To be honest, there's not really been that much. I mean, other than you know maybe the the extra player moments SBCs, it's been pretty much the the same sort of promotion as as we saw in FIFA 19. You know, the the packs have been very 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 similar in the way that they've released them. Uh, lightning round times again, pretty much exactly the same. Uh, flash SBCs, maybe a little bit more underwhelming than than last year. There have been a lot more sort of you know these like one rare gold players packs them kind of things like electrum players packs still sort of yet to see you know like a 50k pack reward or something like big like that so yeah other than the player moments sbcs and obviously the new um sort of like weekly objectives they've managed to release this year um it's been pretty much a carbon copy of fifa 19 in in many respects some of these players do look pretty interesting i guess from a player perspective it's been better like we've had more SBC players come out but they're all kind of quite similar japes they're around the same price range uh, they're the kind of players like you were saying if you can fit them in your team you might be like hmm that's uh, that's a decent option but you're not going to be changing your team maybe to get these guys in yeah I think um, there are a lot of interesting options and a lot of cards that uh, historically you would look at and be like 
these are fun cards that I'm going to do the SPC because I think it would be fun to use this card. But I think this year, because the, you know, like the road to the final promo and some of the other promos, the cards that have come out of those have been so, shall we say, meta, um, Mm. so good and useful that a lot of the cards that they're releasing from moments or from the flashbacks are... I guess they're like sort of equal, if anything, like a slight step down. And so to put your coins into something that's untradeable is really, at least for me, is a tough ask there. So while I love the, you know, the designs and I think those cards are a lot of fun and would love to see them in the game. I think if they're going to compete with some of the other promo cards in the long run for at least my coins, I'd like to see them bumped up a little bit. Uh, we've obviously had flashbacks as well and flashbacks are kind of different because it's un- very unlikely that player gets a special item because they tend to be past their peak or you know they don't have the pace or stamina that they once had and that gets boosted significantly which you tend not to see uh, in other special card types so that's why you probably want to do a flashback of say David Villa because well that was an end of era obviously but it's a similar story so the other types of cards like the, the player moments their upgrades aren't the same in that they don't give a crazy boost to a particular stat like physical so they can get the stamina up and things like that so this means that although the player moments are good and, and it's nice to see SVCs, you know someone like morales he's an 85 weirdly his base card's an 82 so i don't know why he's an 85 because if he got two informs he'd be an 86 so there is a little bit of hesitancy from people i think to do these because of the fact that they're potentially going to be superseded by a tradable version there's an interesting point here which we've discussed endlessly on the podcast it feels over the years that you know sbcs are often bad value i think it's fair to say matt if these cards were on the market they'd probably be like 60k or something like that you know yeah especially over this weekend as well with all the the lightning Mm -hmm. rounds that they're they're throwing out i think you know if you look at for example best of team of the week like you've got very very good cards in there that are now you know, around about the same price as that, uh, as the current SBCs that we have in released. So I think when you compare sort of like the quality of players that you could get uh, around the same price that are tradable, these SBCs, they definitely don't look as uh, as good value as they, they could be. Mm. And in terms of that team of the week, I remember in past years, there's been team of the weeks around this time, which have, was there a particular year where everyone invested pretty much in the team of the week because it got so yeah, cheap? FIFA 18, Team of the Week 10. I remember, yeah. I remember it well. <laughs> and everyone would invest it because, I mean, the players were outrageously cheap compared to the other alternatives on the market, so it made sense. But the supply was just so high because there was Team of the Week packs, which we've had, obviously, as well, and things like that. I was actually wondering what your kind of thoughts are on that because, I mean, you look at certain players that in, the, in this Team of the Week that do look very, very cheap, like Mares for 73K, things like that. Mm. Does it? I mean, I assume you'd also warn against people wanting to pick these up as investments. But if they want to use the card, definitely, definitely go buy them. I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not bad cards. Um, yeah, I think the the problem with this team of the week is there's, there's so many, you know, just general fodder cards that kind of thing. I think there's only really maybe maybe two or three that you'd look at. As you say, Mara's is a is a nice look. Um, I do like the look of him. Kimmich as well could be quite an interesting one. Hmm. Uh, with that position change and I do like the look of, of Hung Min Sun because uh, obviously his, his road to the final version is is so expensive yeah so obviously this one being the same rating pretty much the same sort of stats and obviously that left mid as well sort of might 
push him up in the long run. But I think you've got to be careful with, you know, things like Futmus. If you get a, a Premier League left winger that people really like to, uh, would like to get into their teams, that could obviously hurt the price of, of someone like Sun. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's an okay team of the week. There's not really too much to invest in. I don't really mm. love the sort of the fodder cards because we don't have icon SBCs this year as as we all know. So it's it's kind of difficult to to get these informs to sort of really bump up in in value. So yeah, maybe look at the the more meta players in this team of the week. But other than that, I'd, I'd be steering clear probably. But Matt, sound the alarm because we've got league upgrades. I guess the first time this year that we've had those bit different aren't they though you've got the 81 plus versions which are the same so you've got like two 81 plus rated players which are pretty solid probably worth chucking untradeables into there because you never know who you might get as usual there are some pretty crazy ones going around and then aside from the 81 plus you've got the one which is a sort of standard league upgrade and it gives you three gold players one rare and i think that is different to previous years and people really liked them in past years but i feel maybe i wouldn't really recommend doing that I think the the standard upgrades where it's just one rare, two non-rares, it's actually it's not terrible because right. last year the standard upgrade was a 7.5k pack with three players in. So pretty much you're actually not doing... It's not a terrible deal. I think what people are, are slightly more frustrated with is that we're not getting the, the League 25k packs. So the, the three rares from that league plus nine non-rares. And I think EA have really sort of cottoned on to the fact that you know league upgrade or like the league sbc grinding method you know a lot of people are really liking that in fifa 19 so i think they're a little bit you know a little bit anxious to give us you know packs Mm. with 12 players from a specific league you know it might only require you know 12 rare players or something like that or 11 rare players whatever Uh, and i guess also there was this weird thing before where you actually put in 11 players and got 12 back which, yeah, that's which I think thing, yeah. I feel that that might be the reason why they decided, considering you can basically generate players, even if they're untradeable, they maybe felt that that was a bit too, it was kind of counterintuitive because SBCs, you tend to be submitting more players for less players. But one thing we have had in this past week, which relates to what you were just saying, is quite a few league SBCs. We'll probably cover the sort of league SBC method at some point, but it looks like that might be viable again at some point soon. Yeah, definitely. I think... How many have they dropped this week? They've probably dropped like a good three or four different league SBCs this week, which is yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. It's definitely something that we need. Um, but one of the good things is in like some of the lower leagues, like the Saudi League, I think Liga NOS, CSL, them kind of leagues, they're dropping a lot of um, players packs. So silver players packs, uh, a few like low end sort of like Electrum and gold packs, which are mm. are really good. Um, you're not seeing sort of like the, the low end like gold pack rewards that everyone hated from last year. So for those looking to sort of do this league SBC method where you're continuously completing SBCs for, for very little coins because you're, you're saving everyone that you get in your packs and, and sort of re-rinsing them back through all the, all the different SBCs, it's, it's really good. And I think that's, you know, it's, you might not make profit on many of them because, mm. you know, the well, some of the lower leagues at least because the packs aren't that great for like the gold cards, but if you can sort of rinse the lower leagues and then start doing the the bigger leagues where you can get, you know, like I think there's a few like 25k packs, prime goal players packs. If you can hit something in there, then it's uh, definitely uh, a good long-term profit maker. Yeah, I think people forget. I mean, the league SPC method as such is something that listeners may not be familiar with. We'll probably discuss it in the future because it doesn't work at the moment because there aren't enough leagues out. But I actually... 
went through the Serie A League SPC over the course of this week. And as always with these, the price it says on you know websites to check, uh, the price is really not that reflective of how much you're going to probably put into that if you do it. Because when you go through, you can make it a lot cheaper. Actually do a little bit of trading on the side just because you'll pick up players that you notice going for cheaper than... you you know and then you don't use them to complete the SPC, so you sell them on things like that so i did it i got tonelli and that works well because brammers has asked a bit off topic for black friday but have you used any of the league SPC players yet and if so any particular you like i've only done edder from the chinese super league and he's been amazing for me interesting because not someone i've seen used much i got tonali i've used him in quite a few games this weekend league and he's been really really good like i mean He's just, even if you look at his kind of card stats, you can tell that he's going to be pretty good. I mean, he's got 89 strength, 86 aggression, um, but if you put engine on him, he's also got 94 acceleration and an 86 sprint speed. Um, he's got 90 ball control, 95 dribbling, he's got 91 balance, 90 short passing, 98 long passing, he's 5'11, he's got a high defensive work rate, medium attacking work rate, uh, four star weak foot, three star skills. He's, he's a really phenomenal player, and his defensive stats are without a boost, sort of low to mid 80s, um, including 85 interceptions. He's definitely lives up to the stats in game. He feels really, really good. Uh, a couple of other people who support the pod telling me that uh, they have had a really good time with him as well. If anyone wants to grind through that SBC, get a few packs. Definitely worth doing. I really, really enjoyed using him. And it's a nice little link to Politano, who I did a little while ago. So, Japes, have you looked into any of these? I feel they're a bit below the, the level of player that you're using. Looked into? Yes. Used? No. Um, <laughs> uh, considered using, also yes. Uh, actually followed through, still no. Uh, I, looked, I looked at, uh, what is it, Pataglia? Um, oh, yeah, he looks really good. From uh, Liga Nos, uh, from, was he sporting? If there are any Portuguese listeners, and I got that wrong, they're going to be very upset. But I think I got it right. So uh, his links to Messi, and obviously I did Zanetti from the Icon Swap. So mm. it would have been pretty straightforward to get him into the squad. Uh, heard very mixed reviews about him. And ultimately, for these like league SBCs, my biggest deterrent to doing them is submitting that many SBCs and going out and buying the cards time. and stuff just takes a really long yeah. time. And I'm sort of like, is this how long is this guy going to be in my team relative to how mm. long it might take me to do this SBC? And am I going to really enjoy bringing a player that I have no, uh, we'll call it like emotional or real life connection to off the mm. bench? Because I tend to stock my bench with players that I loved in or love in real life that maybe they're they wouldn't quite get into my starting 11 but are still good enough so I was fortunate I packed like the red uh Joshua Kimmich uh over from weekend league last weekend league and so I thought about building an entirely different squad around him but road to the final Allen is the player that would have been replaced which means Mm -hmm. that I would have had to replace red Tellez and wrote to the final Militao and Neymar. So I was like, ah, it's a lot of switching to get right Kimmich in. But every game without fail, it hits about the 70th minute mark and on he trots. And sometimes he mm-hmm. trots on as a right back. Sometimes he trots on as a right center back. Sometimes as a holding mid. Um, but back to your main question, no on the league <laughs> SBCs. I don't want to go through reading stats, but I feel like I have to with him because he's got nine with a shadow. He's got 95 acceleration and 95 sprint speed, 95 interceptions, 94 defensive awareness, 91 stand tackle, 93 sliding tackle, 92 stamina, 94 aggression, 81 strength. And his ball control 
and dribbling are very good, reactions very good, but agility just above 70, so not sure about that. But he's also got 91 short passing and 90 shot power and 92 long shots. Uh, 89 attacking positioning on a CDM, basically, as well. Japes, uh, I think you had a, actually had a market question you wanted to ask Matt this week. That is correct. So I I, I used a few FIFA points over the weekend and I loaded up 12,000, burned through those in like five minutes. I uh, was able to sell on some cards and now I've got a chunk of coins uh, and still have a pretty decent starting 11. I'm sure I'm not the only one in this type of situation. So as we're heading into Footmas after Black Friday and you've got a, you know, a pretty decent chunk of coin sitting there burning a hole in your pocket and you want to be able to double your money, triple your money, or at least increase it by 50% or so, what should I be looking at doing with my coins over the next week or so? The problem is at the moment, SBC fodders are quite high across the board. 83s and 84s are doing quite well because we've obviously got the the team of the week SBC that's out at the moment. If you're looking at others, sort of like 85s and above, the only slight issue with them is that you've got that base icon upgrade SBC out. Mm -hmm. So on the whole, I wouldn't really advise sort of any SBC fodders at the moment. Let Let me ask you this. Because this is where my head's been leaning. I've been looking at like the 86 DeVry or Iguain, and okay. thinking that right now there's a bunch of them on the market. That Icon SBC is out for a while still. And the do you think people continue to do that SBC? And so those high rated informs that you can pick up for under 20K are a good place to put some money assuming you can get them to rise maybe five six k or so per card or am i uh uh barking up the wrong tree i think maybe the informs from this week they could be an okay area to go into because as you say you've got that base icon sbc that's out still um i don't think the informs will be yeah i think probably be all right on them they'll have a lot of supply but again then again you'll have that base icon sbc to sort of start to drain that supply and also have futmus as well upcoming you know hoping for some inform requirements in there so yeah potentially the the sort of higher rated informs could be an okay area to go into um i think one area that i do potentially like maybe depending on prices are road to the finals they could do quite well sort of as we go into December because uh, the first upgrade should be coming in a little while so you might have a few people you know with these these Black Friday coins looking to, to put some money into these uh, for a nice little upgrade in December uh, so they could be a good area to go into. Um, I think one area that, that could be really nice are baby icons uh, as we were discussing I think a couple of weeks back. Um, baby icons you know you've got the base icon upgrade SBC out at the moment uh, which is sort of bringing them down quite nicely. But you've got to think the base icons are going to go out of packs um, mid-December uh, when the primes come in. So you might have a little bit of potential panic there. Could also look at some, you know, if you're, if you're looking to do some sort of risky risky investing. Icon swap set two is coming in in three weeks. If you, you know, you could potentially do some investing around that. If there's a, you know, a potential card that, you think you know maybe doesn't get in you could try and hedge your bets there very risky though let me let me jump in on the topic of icons baby icons obviously going out of packs a little while back i invested my millions of coins into baby eusebio 
do you think for some of the other baby icons that are people still are quite fond of like a baby Zidane, a baby Del Piero, some of these other baby icons that are still usable and useful cards, how do you see their price reacting reacting when they go out of packs? Obviously, the supply will no longer be there. It'll be fixed, right? Um, and you'd assume that there would still be some level of demand, but the demand obviously is we've never seen anything like this in the FIFA world to where there's been like this. I, I mean, you could say with like informs, it's sort of similar, but the when a player gets like a second inform or so on and so forth. And the question is, though, with the baby icons, are they going to react in a similar way where they're once there's the prime's been introduced, they're going to dip in price as people try to jump up to that prime? Or do you think some of them, like for me, Baby Eusebio felt like a pretty safe investment, seeing that he's above the price of his mid already? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very good question. I think the the only real answer is, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what prices these primes are going to come out as. Good 10 these... out of 10 dodge there. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's no, no, that's a fair answer. That's I think you're right. Answer. It's an unprecedented situation, isn't it, for the foot? foot world yeah, yeah. No, no, carry on, i think if these if these prime icons come out and you know a prime eusebio starting off and being getting on for 10 million in coins i really wouldn't put it past this market at the moment you know you've got a lot of pro players they won't have icon sbcs this year so these top tier players the only way they're going to be able to get them for their their qualifier teams for their weekend league teams or if they go out and buy them buy them on the market so I think these these top tier primes like Eusebio, like R9, like you know maybe Garincha, Zidane, they're going to be ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. uh, early on. I think with the case of someone like Eusebio, where the the baby icon is probably more desirable than the the middle, I think you know a, a really high priced prime card is only going to help bring that baby card up even more as as people look to get the sort of like the next best thing. It sort of happens at, at team of the year with with certain cards. You know, if team of the year cards are stupidly overpriced or stupidly expensive, people go for their next best version. You know, it's it, we've seen this happen uh, with other cards, and I think with icons, it could be pretty much exactly the same idea. See, that's that's kind of where my head's at too. In terms of like where to put my coins, what to do with them is if my thought is if I can find some really solid looking baby icons that still have fantastic stats that compete with their mid and maybe compete with their prime in some cases or the ones that have your position change right so you're yeah, that's key uh, like, baby blanc, blanc is such a good one yeah i agree yeah, yeah. figuring out how to 100%. get those guys into my squad like i haven't used baby blanc this year i i don't find him i don't find his stats particularly compelling even though i know people absolutely love his card Mm. um i found zedorf better to be honest like the baby zedorf yeah Um, i sedorf is one that i've been eyeing up um but like he's already and he's already at 1.1 to 1.2 for Blanc. i just can't see an 85 rated icon though going up that much more i think one of the things that i'd be interested to hear your thoughts matt on this is you need to be careful especially with someone and maybe not someone like that but certainly some of the others who are kind of less sure investment on this kind of particular topic because icons really tend to trend down over the december period i would say prices of those kind of players should drop and definitely going to team of the year 100 percent. so I don't know, Matt, I feel like you are risking things slightly because you're battling against prices of icon cards probably dropping over Christmas because that tends to happen. But 
Yeah, there are. There's definitely a, a bit of a risk, and I think as well, you know, between sort of now and and team of the year, you're going to have Icon Swap Set Two coming out. So if you, I don't know, if you were to invest in a Del Piero, for example, and then he got put into Icon Swap Set Two, maybe his middle card gets put in or something. You're going to see a lot of people that have that current that card in their team. They're going to see a lot of people panic selling that kind of card, and that could obviously hurt you know various aspects of of the icon market. So I think there's definitely you know there's there's both pros and cons. You know you can you could hit a Del Piero doesn't get included in icon swaps in any regard. He then flies when his prime is like five million coins or something, and then you know you're making you know whatever knows or whoever knows how many coins per card so i think we've got to be careful on them i think certain cards you know they might be a little bit safer just because how meta they're going to be like someone like a eusebio if you've got the coins i think that's a a really good place Mm. to put them and the other thing is you mentioned earlier about icon swap two you know potentially if you pick a player who's then in that (laughs) yeah exactly it's unlikely because they're a baby but there is a chance then you're then facing another potential drop I think one of the thing to say about all this stuff is I wouldn't hold back if you want to use a player, a baby icon card, like go for it, try them out. And I think you often see around this kind of time with Black Friday building up to it, um, these kind of things. And I'm kind of glad in a way that we did a pre-recorded pod last week because I think people get too caught up in should I buy or sell my team? Should I blah, 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 you know, all those kind of things. And, you know, when you sell your team, you lose 5% to tax. So I think what I'd always say is if you're enjoying the team, you know, do stick with your team, play games, you'll enjoy the game more for that. It's sometimes fun to experiment with a maybe a lesser team for a bit if you're really sure the market's going to take a dive. But Matt, we've seen a bit of a dip on Monday of last week, I guess. But really, it hasn't been anything catastrophic unless you're Ben Yedda in form. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think there's, you know, it happens every year, you know, oh, the Black Friday market crash, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? In reality, it, it happens when no one's talking about it. You know, last Saturday, Sunday, Monday was the real sort of low in this market. A few people predicted it. I, I think I did. I put out a little piece on, on Twitter, and it might have been for Gfinity as well, that said, you know, sort of Sunday, Monday, that's where I expected it to, to get lowest, just because weekend before, have a lot of people selling off their teams to get liquid for Black Friday. Um, in reality, that's kind of what happened, and... Really, because so many people were liquid, you never really saw a dip at Black Friday because so many people were waiting to buy back their teams. So, mm. you know, there wasn't really this this sort of big market crash on, on Black Friday that a lot of people were expecting. Mm. And actually, we had a question uh, from Lewis. When is Matt releasing that market crash video? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's because uh, another Matt tends to release the market crash. The amount video. of tweets I get. Oh, it's so bad. Matt, when you're releasing the market crash video, I'm like, wrong one. That's really good. It's terrible. Uh, let's move on from market-related things. Let's just look ahead quickly. It's it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I've varied things up a fair bit this year, it's fair to say. And I, I think the content has been good and it's kept coming and that's important. We enjoy that. We're in this period where we've had Black Friday really now. We're going to head into Footmas soon, which everyone very much looks forward to last year. Maybe it wasn't so good, but it's considered one of the great promos, loads of SBCs. But with Team of the Group stage this Friday, when do you see that happening, Matt? I think, to be honest, a couple of weeks' time, uh, not next Friday, but the Friday coming, so mm. around, the, ironically, Friday the 13th mm. of December, we should be able to expect that, just because that'll allow sort of like, I think they do the 11 days of, or 12 days of Footmas, whatever it is, Um 
where they sort of start the countdown of the SBCs. So that would sort of coincide quite nicely, you know, finish it around about Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, yeah, I'd expect it not next Friday, but the Friday after. And that sort of would coincide with EA's promo release. Yeah, I'm actually really interested to see what they do from an objectives perspective. I think they're going to go big on that because it is a time when people are off, especially young people for Christmas. I think they're going to do some interesting objectives. And also, of course, if you have any thoughts on what objective player they might do that's Christmas themed, then let us know at Foot Weekly Pod because last year I think it was Santi Cazorla maybe that was the other I time. was about to say Santi Cazorla yeah they've, they've, uh, they've done sort of names which are somewhat Christmas themed or some Christmas related content regarding player names so if you're good at puns let us know who you think it might be let's move on to the break in fact and we'll come back talking about patch talking about gameplay covering questions that you've asked about that kind of thing Right, time for a quick break and for me to tell you about the Extra Time podcast. Japes, Matt and I rattle through some great questions on utilising fullbacks, trading, pro player salaries and the most common and most rare formations. You can get that bonus pod and all podcasts put out on the Foot Weekly Patreon feed by supporting Foot Weekly for just $3 a month. It really is super simple to do. You get given your own unique podcast feed which you can paste into your podcast app and the regular podcasts also appear there but ad free and almost a day early as well it's been incredible to put in so much more time into the foot weekly podcast in fifa 20 and that's all been made possible by the generous support of our community so if you can support for just three dollars a month then please do just go to bit.ly slash more pod so bit.ly slash more pod plenty more to come let's get into this second half Football season is here. That means it's time to load up on some delicious ice-cold Coke. Pick up Coca-Cola from your nearest retailer today. Hello, and welcome back to the second half. And in the break, Matt, we were reminded of something that happened to you over the past few days. Yes. uh, I don't know whether people would have seen it on Twitter. It's not like I've spoken about it much, but I did pack an inform Ronaldo in one of my saved elite reward packs from Weekend League. yeah, that was that was interesting. So cheeky two mil, basically. Just... Yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of people out there not big fans of Matt for trading anymore. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Congrats, that's that's amazing. And let's talk about the patch, which is the other thing that happened in the past week. Japes, I've seen some um, spicy opinions from you about this this patch. Some feelings that the gameplay has changed somewhat. Yeah. Where do I start? <laughs> let's let's start with what you were saying about passing is one of the things that you, yeah. So well, I'll, I'll even take a step back further. Okay. It's, the timing on this is hilarious because I decided uh, about a week ago now to tweet out my support of the game. I really really <laughs> like FIFA 20. Like as a whole, uh, I think this is one of the best iterations of FIFA in recent memory for me. So start there, and the patch comes out, and they have. I don't I don't even know how this is possible, but successfully in one patch have taken it to where now a lot of my games, I feel like I am playing FIFA 18. So mm. it's ping pong narrow formations are extremely viable again, where you don't even have to really think about the pass you're making. You can sort of just aim in a direction. If you've got a guy there, chances are it's going to turn out OK. Um, so they, to me, like this most recent patch has made passing easy to a point that there's no skill involved with it anymore. And it's, I I think that's a little bit 
frustrating. I don't know. The shooting was fine-tuned as well, and I think it's probably a bit of a placebo or me looking for it or general frustrations elsewhere, so these things stand out more. Uh, But I felt like I've hit the post more this weekend than I have in any other weekend in my entire life. And so I don't know, obviously they were supposed to have made shooting more consistent. So I'm, I'm not totally sure what that means. I don't know if they still release those trajectory graphics that they used to do. But if they don't, I would love to see them bring that back uh, for passing, for shooting, for everything. I think it just helps, the visual helps explain the mechanics so much more and sets a, an accurate expectation of uh, what we should expect as users or players consumers of the game Mm. can i interject and let's cover shooting and then we'll talk about passing because i've seen quite a lot of people over the past week or so get really frustrated about shooting as if something serious has happened to shooting or it's changed theoretically the patch and all pretty much all the patches have made shooting inside the box more effective there was a slight change because they boosted long shots basically and it looked like they were nerfing for finishing but basically it's all been trying to make shooting more effective uh inside the box so as far as the patches are concerned, we shouldn't see a change to the consistency of shooting in a negative way. It may have made shooting more consistent. But what one thing I would say on this, which I've noticed, and you can see it in some clips sometimes of people missing chances or hitting the post, is there seems to be this thing where when a player shoots and the opponent moves the keeper a bit, the player seems more likely, as in the, the player in the game, not the user, it seems more likely that the player in the game will miss or hit the post, almost like the keeper's movement puts off their shot. And one thing I've noticed over the past week, especially because of people learning where their opponent's going to shoot, the fact that people are going to go near post, that players are much more likely, as in users, are much more likely to move their keepers than they were previously. And I've noticed my opponent just slightly moving their keeper to the near post, things like that, and bringing out the keeper more to narrow angles and stuff like that which for some reason, at least for me, and maybe it's something to do with composure, seems to make it more likely that your player will miss the shot or hit the post. And this is pretty anecdotal, but I've seen it a lot in clips and things like that. That being said, I still think that shooting is a little bit inconsistent inside the area and there are plenty of chances which I feel should be certain goals. And I think, Matt, you pulled up some good clips on Twitter about how the shooting is relatively inconsistent still even after this patch that's right isn't it yeah i think i was i can't remember if it was draft or weekend league but i think there was about six instances in one mm-hmm. game where i felt like i you know they were pretty high percentage shooting opportunities or goal scoring opportunities i should say um and yeah the amount of times i was seeing you know i was playing like a, a across not across the across the box pass like a square pass on the penalty spot, wide open, uh, goal gaping, and you know someone like a Kevin De Bruyne on full chemistry would be hitting the post or putting it wide. So mm. I'm not really too sure whether the, the patch has actually increased effectiveness. Um, I've seen a lot of people, pros included, saying it's actually made shooting worse in many aspects. So yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little confused. I don't really see what they're saying in in sort of like the pitch notes and that kind of stuff, sort of marrying up to what we're actually seeing sort of on the pitch in game. 
um, as I said, we will come to passing in a second. But one of the things that you know people do is they complain about things and they go on about these, this thing being bad, that thing being bad, which is fair enough. But ultimately, as the foot coach would say, we can't change the game ourselves right now. So we play with the game that's in front of us. And if you don't enjoy it, you don't play it. Fair enough. If you are playing it, you want to carry on playing it, then you need to know how to shoot even in these instances even if you feel that shooting maybe isn't as consistent as you'd like. So I was going to ask both of you, Japes, first maybe, what shot, position, technique are you finding most consistent for you and, and one that you kind of recommend people use? I suppose I still shoot at the near post with a driven shot when possible. I find the best way, the, the most consistent way I score with the near post shot too is if the player has the outside of the foot trait. Mm. I found myself searching through the data foot databases um, to see if a player had outside of the foot trade and found that when I get into those shooting positions with the players that do have it, they score with the highest level of consistency that I've seen in that area. So Neymar has got it and Neymar shooting near post when he turns that way is just brilliant. Ibra has it as well, which is one of the reasons why I really like him. And I think it's fair to say when you have a player with outside the foot shot, you kind of aim almost outside the goal. Is that fair? I, I find that when I aim the shot, I'm sort of aiming further beyond the goal than you might think, or just, just aiming to the yeah, side. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I fully agree. Sort of like the the outside of the foot near post, sort of like where you're sort of setting it outside the post away from the keeper and having it sort of curve in at the last minute. Mm. That's sort of been quite an effective shot type for me as well. I use so uh, Wissam Benyeda and uh, uh, Del Piero as at, uh, in a four-two-three-one as the cam and striker, and both of them, I see a lot of times where they they score that type of animation where you, you set it outside and he just whips in near post at the last minute, makes it very difficult for keepers to save it. Nice. I think that's a, a good tip. I said last week about rounding the keeper using the ball roll. I think that's a really a uh, good staple for one-on-one situations. Have either of you had any success at all with low-driven shots? I feel like they're pretty out of the meta, if you like. Not many people use them. But if, if any of our listeners are using them effectively in a certain situation, then send us a clip. That's always a, a good way to, to show what's working for you. Sorry, I asked that question and didn't let anyone answer. Have either of you been using the, the low-driven? I, I don't really personally know. I, no. I just stick with like finesses that kind of thing mm. so the low driven is one of those shots that i consistently try to incorporate in my game but i think i do it at the wrong situation so i tend to use it when i'm trying to shoot cross body um mm. from like a pretty tricky angle and it's never like they always seem to make like a kick says maybe if it's a terstegen thing but i find <laughs> it's like more consistent just like normally shooting crossbody and not trying to force the yeah. low driven in that situation but people do score them against me and it's more like when they have a quick turn sort of at the top of the box and they'll just use the low driven and it'll seem to just yep. like skip into the bottom corner and i would i'm always i always find myself in those situations sort of being like what was that like, <laughs> yeah. but why yeah. Because it you feels <laughs> like you can't do anything about it. It's like, oh, totally. Right. We've given our feedback on, on shooting at the moment and we've given some tips. So I think we can move on to passing, which I think, Japes, has been your big bugbear of this uh, this patch. It's, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I find the changes to passing, they made it so easy, just so easy that it no longer is a factor in the 
how good your opponent feels. Like I, I tweeted out earlier in the week that when I play against pro players, which happens to me probably seemingly four to five times a weekend now. Didn't the pro joke that you were playing qualifiers? That I, but yeah, I got a, I got a joke from one of the pros that I just basically went through NA qualifiers. I ran the gauntlet last weekend from <laughs> playing uh, Ajit Power, who finished top 16 and uh, FCC one through to uh, Toby, who's dropping consistent 30. And I just like a bunch of big name NA players um, mm. and played them super consistent and did did really well for myself, which is great, but could tell very much that they were pro players. And when I would play against bad players that would have poor pass selection that I, I deemed I was forcing based on my defensive positioning or felt like I could force based on defensive positioning, it was a lot easier to defend. Um, and because their pass selection was bad and as a result they would make a bad pass and I could intercept it or take it away from the player that was receiving it fairly simply but now with the way the changes they've made to passing it's just like these ping pong everybody can tiki taka no problem again doesn't matter if you're forced in the situation if your player's getting pressure like I I just don't it drives me absolutely nuts and so I think you know, I was thinking about the solve, and I was like, what the, What EA is trying to do here is, in theory, good. They're trying to make passing situations where it seems to be an easy passing situation, make it so the passes are consistently good. Because let's face it, these are all pro soccer players. They're all pro footballers. And they should be able to make simple passes with high levels of consistency. Now, the the issue I have is that the change seems to remove the um, or so I'd like to look towards a solve and the solve here is like let's to me let's crank up that the effect that composure has in those compassing situations you don't have a player on you fine ping it around all day no problem but Let's make it so that the players that can actually play that true tiki-taka style, where even if they have players on them in close, tight situations, they're able to find and make the right pass. You look back at the old Barcelona and all of those, even Iniesta, Xavi, those type of players that weren't particularly, uh, call it pacey or physical or whatever, but they were so composed no matter what the situation, like make that feel necessary so that when I'm coming up against players like, I don't know, Jamie Vardy trying to play Tiki Taka and pinging these one-time passes with his left foot while he's got two defenders draped on him. It's just, that just feels ridiculous to me. So I don't, I don't mind the, the, what they're trying to do here, but it perhaps was overtuned or they didn't take into consideration the other impact that it might have. I wonder whether the thing that they didn't take into consideration is that because this patch was meant to make it easier in situations where a player isn't under pressure is that a players can have very high composure in the game and things like that which maybe makes it less of an effect but also the fact that actually if you play a first time pass the chances of you being under pressure if you do it quickly are quite low mm. so i wonder whether it's that it's like if you play a first time pass with this new patch you're playing it with a much higher accuracy than you were before because you're not under pressure so or relatively, I guess. So I suppose, yeah, potentially that's one of the issues. It hasn't had an impact on through passes or lobbed passes, which is probably good because I, f I feel like they're quite well balanced at the moment. But I think 
you're right that it does feel like people and you mentioned a lot more people playing the narrow formation i haven't seen that quite yet but i definitely have had more problems against the narrow formation than i have previously and as someone who's and i know you do this as well playing a back three against narrow formations it made it harder for those three center backs to take care of the attacking players than i'd found in past weekend leagues this weekend um again with all these things it's it's hard to tell though isn't it because you get this power creep as the game goes on so players mm. you're playing against have better and better passes every week basically yeah but but the, so the i guess pro, that is one thing to point out yeah but the pro teams that i'm or like your your classic weekend leagues that teams that you're coming up against like neymar and mbappe aren't getting replaced from weekend to weekend Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, the the vast majority of your meta players aren't getting replaced. Like, I still see Musa Sissoko in far too many teams. So, <laughs> I, I, like, to me, that just screams the power creep isn't totally there like, there yet. Yeah, I think that probably wraps up our chat about passing. Obviously, this is an improvement to passing, so there's no need for us to necessarily discuss how to do it better. I guess we could discuss how to defend passing better, but it's often very difficult. And uh, I think one of the most frustrating things for me this weekend was I felt like more so than previously, I was putting my player in the right position to make the interception they weren't, which is probably a result of, of the patch. But AJR LFC asked about basically involving wide players. Um, they're playing a 4-2-3-1 narrow and they feel like their outside cams, Felipe Anderson, Sterling, don't really get involved and, and don't really uh, create much danger. I'll take this one, Ben. He's not playing. He's not playing the formation properly. How, so how would he play that properly? <laughs> uh, I I think it, that's that's one of those where when you play against good four two three one players, oftentimes mm. their first pass out of the back is to the wide player and yep. then back through the middle in one way, shape, or form. So if you are not doing that, chances are you're using the formation by trying to ping it to your attacking mid playing one twos with your striker and just trying to break on the counter and you have your outside cams on comeback on attack and they're not getting involved in the attack because they're still playing catch up because you're trying to attack too quickly Mm. i think you could possibly have a go forcing yourself to do this by having your cam come back on defense so he's not just there with the striker so you're forced into playing it wide but yeah because the triangles between the striker right attacking mid center attacking mid are really key to to creating opportunities one thing i always say to people who ask about this is you can make your width either narrower or wider obviously if you make it narrow your players are closer together so you can get more easier short passing into play but if you want to make it wider then it gives you it can, it can put that wide player in a bit more space if you want to you, you can even if you're getting quite experimental you can have a two custom tactics set up one maybe really reduced width one really high width and then switch between them um, because against certain opponents you'll find you have more success with a wide formation or with a narrow formation any tips about yourself i think you play you were playing the 423 yeah i play i do play a 423 one quite right instructions are key mm. if you're quite a confident defender uh, i don't see any issue at all in leaving your your wide cams and stay forward um gives you a really good wide option to go to on counterattacks, as Jape said. You know, if you want to get it with your fullback, play a, a full power through ball down the line. If you've got someone pacey on that on that side, um, very, very easy to get in behind fullbacks like that. But as well, having instructions set on things like get into the box for crosses is very, very key. Um, amount of times, you know, I've got that uh, set on my wide cams and the amount of times... 
I'll pick it up with the left cam, drive into the box, play a ball to the back post, and the other wide cam will be coming in on that back stick uh, for an easy tap in. It's you know it's been the difference between you know getting you know 23 wins and maybe 25, 26 wins in some weekend leagues. So that's a very good way to go. If you want to try it out as well. You know, if you're finding they're not getting involved too much, you can try putting the, the wide cams on free roam just so they take a bit more of, a, of an open role in that attacking third. If you want to keep it on quite wide width, you know, just to sort of try and keep them on that specific side, just make them come inside a little bit more. That has worked well for me in the past. So, uh, yeah, hopefully there's a few good instructional tips to take into Weekend League. One thing I quite like, which I've recently started doing a bit more because... As some of you may know, if you're the very highest tier of patron, we uh, do a little one-to-one session once a month where we have a chat about your team and things and and do and often play a game um, if they're on Xbox. So I was playing one of the guys and he was using a lot of threaded through balls, both wide around the outside of the fullback, but also between the centre-back and the left-back when I was playing quite wide, which works quite well. I was, I was kind of surprised by the fact that those gaps were opening up because actually not many people seem to use that through ball so maybe that's why so that could be something again to give a go if you want to be a bit more aggressive with it but yeah I think it's one of those things that the other thing to say which I think Japes you're kind of alluding to as well is making sure that you're actually not rushing the play you know build up slowly always means you involve more players um, and work the opportunities right then as it's time to wrap up this week's foot weekly podcast I can quickly remind you that the extra time podcast contains loads more from Matt and Japes, as I mentioned in the break. And you can get that along with all Foot Weekly Bonus podcasts for just $3 a month. And above that, there are loads of fantastic perks from squad surgery to plenty of tips and discussion in that Discord. If you'd like to support the podcast, just go to bit.ly slash morepod, bit.ly slash morepod. Finally then, if you have any thoughts at all on what you've heard on this week's pod, tweet us at footweeklypod. You can tweet me at footweeklyben, email footweekly at mail.com. And you can also get in touch with our glamorous guests here as well. Japes, thank you very much for joining us this week. An absolute pleasure as always. And where can people find you if they want to get they in touch? They can find me on Twitter at airjapes. Thank you. And Mr. Inform Ronaldo, Matt Foot Trading. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? If you'd like to see more uh, updates of my pack pools as we continue on this year, it's just uh, at MattFuttTrading on Twitter. I believe we're quite close to hitting 50,000 followers, which would be quite quite the achievement. And uh, yeah, obviously on Twitch as well, uh, exactly the same, MattFuttTrading on there as well. Perfect. Well, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, Ben. Finally then, a huge thanks to all our patrons, to Foothead and those icon patrons. Crispy, Legendary Fig, Lomda, Shane W, Dave B, Hunter B, Martin M, Chris W, Matt L, Anthony R, also ran, DJ FIFA player, Gabe N, Tom B, Cody R, Christopher L, Yannick H, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Craig M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Mohammed FC, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Alistair, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Jason B D, Adam W, Pobius, Jeff B, Andrew T. Roger D, Dan W, Matt H, Alan M, Savage P, at Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. Thanks once again to those icons, and I'll catch you on the next Foot Weekly podcast very soon. 
great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.